It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome, my friends, to the Divas That Care Network. And if you are like me and you have looked for holistic or natural or more safe or progressive health care for your pets, join me for today's episode of Words That Work. And I'm your host, Naomi McDonald an animal communicator, author, and teacher dedicated to telling true stories that change lives. And my fabulous guest today, I'm sure, has many stories about the lives that he's changed and saved. And so I'd like to introduce holistic veterinarian Brad Roach. Hi, Brad, and welcome. Thank you for having me on. What an honor. We've Worked together for decades, it seems. And, we uh, have. Yeah. We have. Yeah. And in just a moment, I would like for you to cover the modalities that you've gone through. I'm reading your bio here, and I'm so impressed about during this time how much you've learned. And I remember you know, the first. Go ahead. Yeah, I love the. I love their theme about words that work because uh, that's kind of what we we do with treatments that work. In fact, it's one of our core principles, you know, to uh, to seek out those treatments that work and, uh, and not not go down the same path if it's not working, which, you know, sometimes we run into that with uh, holistic medicine. But it's a really big problem with conventional because they're, you know, like they say, if everything uh, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. So they can. I had a lady come in the other day that had a lot of GI trouble with her dog, and they're just diagnosing with IBS, IBD, all these uh, diagnoses, and they're really not diagnoses at all. They're just descriptions of symptoms that they want to put them on steroids for. And so it's like that's not what that dog needs. He needs you know microbiome therapy. He needs uh, acupuncture and, and herbs to help heal up the gut. And so. Um, it's just a it's a crazy cycle that we get into in conventional medicine. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's a really good marriage of conventional and holistic because now we get the diagnostic work done that we should get done to uncover what's happening. And some of those animals are going to need surgery. Some of those animals are going to need some conventional medicine. But, you know, if we use holistic medicine smart, we can cover the side effects that conventional medicine can cause with some of our holistic treatments. Of course, you know, like putting animals on probiotics when they're on an antibiotic. And so there's so many ways to use this. And we're so excited that we just keep getting more and more tools. And sometimes I feel like a jack of all trades. Sometimes we've got so many things to offer. Uh, it can be a little bit confusing, but um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. I've been doing this 33 years now, and I just want to keep on, keep on doing it. Um, and um, I think, uh, and it's because of the holistic and the freedom that we have as veterinarians to not have our our practices limited to what to what uh, insurance companies would pay, 
So, you know, you say, well, I want to go to a doctor that does what you do. And I said, well, good luck with that because they're all shackled by insurance. They won't even get paid for most of the stuff I do. And so um, and we, we try to, we try to, you know, send people in the right directions when they find out, you know, this is a cool thing. They find out that holistic medicine works because there's no placebo in pets. They either get well or they don't get well. If they don't, we go to the next thing. And so uh, I just love it uh, because animals are so accepting and, and they're, they're such a uh, mirror to, to what, what, can, what you can do with them with the natural substances. And they're, they're, uh, it's just really neat. And so you can tell I get excited. Do you have any, do you have any uh, <laughs> particular things on that bio that stood out that you'd like for me to clarify a little bit? Well, part of the reason that I wanted to have you on my show is during my practice as an animal communicator, people quite often are at their wits end because they don't know where to go when their pet is not a candidate for chemo or surgery and heartworms. And there's so many things that they will ask me about. And of course I refer them holistically as much as I can. And then in my book, They Sing to Our Souls, I talk about alternative health cares in there. And I get messages quite often from people, I wish I would have known that. Could I have saved my pet if I would have known that? So that's why I'm so excited to have you with me today is because it's time for more of us <laughs> to learn and know that. So why don't you just start with some of the therapies that you do in different cases and yeah. let's go from there. So um, you brought up the term, the, the cancer. Of course, we're gonna start this, I uh, guess, with, at the tail end of things when really the right, where, right way to start that is at the front end of the animal's life and feeding it you know, species appropriate diets. I think one of the biggest problems we have right now is dog food, kibbled dog food. And uh, and so, you know, it's really not the time to tell somebody where your dog has cancer because of the food you've been feeding it for the last 12 years. That's not the time to have that discussion. Uh, but, but, the, uh, but the reality of it is 70% of our crops now are being sprayed with Roundup uh, for harvesting reasons, not to control weeds in the, you know, in the alleys or whatever. It's just to harvest those plants. They spray Roundup on it at the end of the season. So you get a nice fresh Roundup spray on your food before you get it. And the AVMA has said that the statistics on cancer in dogs is if they live to be 10, they're gonna have 50-50 chance of having cancer. And back when you and I met, I think it was in the 90s, we were doing uh, cancer cases maybe once or twice a week. Now we do them once or twice a day. And that's some serious cancers that, you know, malignant, cancers oh. and uh, it's and wow. so if they have a 50 50 chance of getting cancer after they're 10 um, there's a lot of people that aren't going to want to do you know five and ten thousand dollar chemotherapies now i'm i'm glad that they have those available for those that can afford it you know my mom and my wife's mom are both going through uh some chemo right now and it's looking pretty good uh, we don't know about the long term but uh, so i'm not trying to say that that kind of medicine is bad but just not everybody wants to go down that route and so uh, we, we are really big on herbs and acupuncture, and there's some herbs that are specifically used for cancer. Uh, one is called stasis breaker that a lot of oncologists that are dually trained in uh, Chinese medicine and conventional oncology 
will use that herb. And um, there are specific points in the acupuncture meridians that help with stagnation. That's also uh, meant, you know, to get energy moving and to help with cancer. Um, you know, we use homeopathic medicine. Uh, we use high dose vitamin injections. And, uh, and then we also have, uh, you know, a, a machine that you're familiar with that, that delivers pulse electromagnetic frequencies called the sauna wave. And that, that machine is pretty unique. And uh, it actually, uh, it works in three ways. It, it does, uh, first it does like the pulse electromagnetic frequency, then it has radio frequency and it has hyperthermia. And all three of those things are really important for, you know, setting that cancer back on its tail, you know, because the, the problem with cancer is that it's, it's hiding itself. It's, it's a, the surveillance mechanisms are not working with cancer, so your body can't see it. And so when we put an injection of iron into that tumor, and then we put this machine on it that vibrates it at 484 megahertz, so with magnetic frequency, it starts to break up the outer layer of that, of that tumor, and the body can now see it and start to work on it. And sometimes we follow that with a surgery, like if we've found the, the tumor gets kind of soft, and uh, and then we can we can get it removed with that, and, and, and that way the, the margins are not quite as dangerous. The margins are easier to get, and the skin is easier to close. Now we have um, other modalities that that will also work. The problem with that machine is it takes a lot of you know in clinic time, and it's not a machine that's even available for purchase. It's a it's got a research license on it, so it's a little bit. A little bit out of out of out of a lot of practitioners' hands, but uh, there are about 15 or 20 of those machines that I know of in the U.S. And so there's a there's that, and then we also have a product called Neoplasine, which is blood root. And the Indians used to use this on tumors, and um, some people that I know of are familiar with having done that at a chiropractor's office or other natural path. And they can cause a it's a it's a black salve. Some people know it as, and you just put that on the tumor, and it can fall. It can it can it can actually literally just disintegrate and melt out of there and as a little mm -hmm. plug, and so that becomes very handy in places like above an eye or in an ear. You know, I've had uh, animals come to me and, and the vet wanted to take the whole ear off because it had a tiny little mast cell tumor in the middle of the of the ear flap, and so you know we just treated that with uh, neoplasine with a little bit of sedation. The dog, uh, a week later, the tumor fell out and hasn't come back. And so um, we we love cases like that that have been to universities and other places, and they just say, we, you know, you, it's going to come back. We're not going to do another surgery on your cat's foot or whatever. And uh, we've taken cases like that uh, hundreds of times and just been able to t cause those tumors to come out of there. And then we start talking about, well, what are you going to do now to keep the cancer process at bay? What kind of nutritional things are you going to put in? You know, we talk, you know, at length, we have a whole cancer consult that we talk about. If people are interested, they could call the office and we can spend a good hour with people just talking about the different therapies and different modalities and nutritional therapies and things like that for cancer. And so, um, and one of those treatments is always reduce the carcinogens they're currently taking in. So they have to eat better. Uh, we put them on species-appropriate diets, which uh, we try to get started earlier in their life if possible. It, you know, the, the the Roundup that's being sprayed on the food is just part of the issue. The other issue is they've got way too many carbohydrates. I went and uh, did a review on a, an ingredient list the other day that had uh, just a little bit of chicken on its first ingredient, 
and then it had potatoes and sweet potatoes and peas, and pea holes and pea protein. And so they had what we call split ingredients. And that's a trick of the industry to uh, not have to make the pea component jump up in the ingredient list by weight so they can split it out like that. And you can have a real highly glycemic uh, vegetable that's, you know, goes to sugar quickly. And so an animal can't uh, possibly heal when it's got insulin constantly in their system. And so they, they get fed two, three times a day, dry food that has all these carbohydrates in there. They're getting an insulin spike every time. They're never, you could, you could take a, a 70 pound pit bull that needs to weigh 50 pounds and feed it down to half a cup of food and you still wouldn't be able to lose weight because of the carbohydrate load. And so people are really frustrated because they know their dog's too big, but their veterinarian just puts them on a guilt trip and saying your dog's too fat without giving them any tools really to, to help them lose that weight. And so, um, so yeah, what we do is really cool. Um, and so we, we can do hormone therapies to try to help prevent some of that. We do, um, you know, high dose vitamin C injections. Uh, we've done, uh, uh, we, we, we uh, can measure vitamin D levels and find out if they're deficient on vitamin D. And, you know, sometimes these cancers and other uh, GI diseases can go back to microbiome questions. So, you know, if your microbiome is out of balance or you have an uh, overgrowth of bad bacteria like Clostridium or E. coli, those bacteria and everything are going to keep that gut totally unbalanced. And uh, sometimes there's a lot of histamine that gets produced with that condition and it causes skin itching. Sometimes that'll uh, have that gut brain, you know, kind of heard about that gut brain interaction where they can actually have seizures. And we've been able to give dogs fecal transplants rectally to help with seizures and itching. And it seems like totally unrelated, but it's totally not yes. unrelated. Uh -huh. the, the, this beautiful relationship between our bacteria and our, and our bodies it should work better, but this diet this highly processed thing that we're into uh just keeps those bad bacteria you know uh, churning along and the good bacteria never have a chance and so when we get them when we get them all straightened out with food and with the other dietary recommendations and and uh, it can be a, a really beautiful thing to see them heal and and, uh, and not need you know steroids uh, for the you know continuum of their life Right. What foods do you recommend? What are some of the foods that you recommend? Oh, well, we um, we usually use beef as our primary one uh, because we recommend that we not cook it very much. Um, there's a lot of uh, enzymes and natural substances in beef uh, that that are and other meats that are good for dogs that people don't know about. You know, we my, my beef, one of my beefs with the nutritional industry is they think they know everything about it just by breaking it down by amino acids. And that's such a conceited viewpoint to say that we know about nutrition because we've got the right kind of amino acids from this corn. Well, you know, a cat is an obligate carnivore. There's so many things in meat that they need that doesn't even have anything to do with the vegetable. And so uh, that, that's, uh, that, that's a little bit frustrating. So we get a lot of our food from uh, local uh, stores we get uh texas tripe is one that we order we recommend a lot of people order from texas tripe and i i usually like it mixed with some kind of organ meat like liver and kidney is 
And then for the older animals, if you can find one with heart meat in it, it's even better. Because, you know, the, I, I learned from an older mentor of mine, uh, Dr. McLaren. He was a really cool guy from Australia. Anyways, he always talked about the, the older guys in medicine, not, not, not including himself. But the older guys than him used to recommend uh, that we have uh, we feed the organ that you're deficient on. And so if you had liver trouble, yeah. you'd eat liver. If you had heart problems, you need to eat heart. So we kind of go by that. And we have actually vitamin companies have, have recognized that association for decades and like standard process has a whole line of vitamins that cater to that kind of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of medication, you know, where they're using the, uh, the glandulars is what they call it. Yes. And so, and so, yeah, it, it has a, a pretty cool thing. I mean, we can uh, just depends on the dog's condition and and uh, and what they what they uh, will like to eat. Uh, <clears throat> interestingly, I, I bought a, a program recently and haven't quite mastered it yet, but we're working on it. It's called the Animal Diet Formulator, where we can take what the animal likes to eat, what the owner has on hand, and we can formulate a diet. And uh, so, I usually like to put them together raw. And if you if you click, so it has a button where you can click cook it. And so when you have to, if you click the cook button, you wouldn't be, you would be surprised how many nutrients you have to go back in and rebalance. So it just shows me, you know, that there's a lot of stuff in that cooking process that, that doesn't make it through. And so mm -hmm. um, I, it's, it can be, you know, it's a kind of a case by case basis and based on what the, what the dog likes and what the owner can stand. And, you know, I've got many vegan slash vegetarian uh, owners that will, Go ahead and say, okay, I've got my dog in this meat. I can barely stand it, but I know he needs it. And so, yes. because yeah. they're not, they're they're not uh, evolved vegetarians. They they're 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 carnivores, and they should should be able to eat meat. And so, and most people have common sense enough to know to wash their hands and to take care of kitchen utensils properly when they're using raw meat. But what most people don't know is that even the raw food or the cooked foods, the dry foods can get recalled very frequently for salmonella, E. coli, and other um, processing errors. And so you have to be uh, also be aware that that can be there. And so um, there's a there's a lot of a lot of hidden dangers in just opening the bag and pouring out the dry food. Plus, like in a Chinese view of things, um, they feel like these proteins are the, like either cooling on one side or heating on the other. Yes. They have natural properties, and those make the dog either hotter or cooler. And so every dog is going to be different. You know, we have a chihuahua that'd rather be up under the covers, and we have another dog that will not lay on the carpet. He has to lay on the tile floor just to stay cool enough. And the dietary recommendations for those two kinds of different dogs are different. And so... Um, and so that's, it's really uh, interesting. And it's all about case by case, individualized therapy. If you come to our clinic, you're not going to get uh, 12 minutes and you're out of there type of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really pretty involved. And, uh, and we try to, uh, to zero in on what's, what's doable, what's affordable, um, and what the patient will tolerate. And so and that goes for you know, even just routine things like vaccines, uh, not every animal, and it makes it hard to practice as a veterinarian because you can't just tell the technicians to go into the room and do whatever we normally do because every dog is going to be different. You know, and they're not going to get a full set of vaccines if they're, you know, under five pounds. They're going to get minimized doses. They're going to get um, link, link
lengthened intervals between the doses. And then uh, when we get all done with that, we're going to measure the antibody titers and make sure they're protected for parvo, that all that whole process actually worked. And so and then we do that on a yearly basis for our holistic clients where you don't have to go in and over vaccinate them over and over and over. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different, whole different ball game, but I really feel like uh, veterinarians are ready for the change. And I, we just hired a veterinarian that is just like, she's worked for 18 years in a conventional field and she just said, just ran out of tools. And, uh, you know, I heard you talk at a meeting a couple of years ago and I wanted to join on and see what you have to teach me and offer people. So uh, but that's, that's pretty exciting, you know, when you have other professionals that are reaching out and referring people uh, uh, because they know that there's really something to it. There is, that's wonderful. You know, another thing that comes up quite often is joint care and mobility care. Oh yeah. And I know there's Adequan and there's Cosequin and there's different things, but they're, that are very, very helpful. But a lot of your standard anti-inflammatories and pain relievers are detrimental in a way. So if someone wanted a more, a safer, more holistic approach to mobility, what would you recommend? <laughs> We actually have a, a consult called Mobility Consult. It's funny you mentioned that, but we haven't talked about this yet. But um, Mobility Consults uh, oftentimes will include, uh, by the way, one of my favorite challenges when I say game on is when somebody says, my dog's on Remedil. I don't know what to do. And they don't like yes. it. No. And, uh, and so for me, that's a, like an internal challenge. It's like, I'm getting this dog off heart problem. And yes. so- um, they come in and we weigh them on a scale that measures all different quadrants of where, how much weight they're putting on each foot. And um, sometimes they just sit down and it doesn't work. But, you know, most of the time we can actually get a pretty good measurement and we can tell in the future, uh, you know, how we're making progress on that. And then uh, we can also we also have a, a heat sensing camera that we can take pictures of the dog from different angles and see what joints are are, uh, are hotter than the others. So sometimes we come in and we don't know where this dog is sore, but he's just sore in the back rear somewhere. And so that helps us get closer. But over the years, you know, with palpation and honing our skills, we can get down to where we can usually locate, you know, okay, now this dog has three areas of the back, his left hip and his right shoulder are hurting him, which a lot of times dogs work on, on a diagonal, just like horses, you know, this shoulder's hurting then that the left hip will, will also kind of absorb some of that. So um, the mobility consult just describes uh, the chart we go through describes, you know, something easy like acupuncture. And also uh, an alteration of that would be electroacupuncture, which is better for back cases, in my opinion. And then we can okay. pivot up. Yeah. And then we can pivot up to uh, homeopathic injections. Like there's this stuff we get from Europe. Unfortunately, the the United States ran this company out of out of the country, uh, but they just homeopathically have this uh, these homeopathic ingredients for arthritis. One of them is called Zeal. One's called Tramil. A lot of yes. a lot of chiropractors know about these and they still use them, but it's harder to get. But we we inject these into the acupuncture points that we find that are tender and also, um, you know, like a master point. Like well, like if the hips are hurting. We'll inject it on three points for the hip and then a master point for the lower back and hips. 
and then we put it in, a, in an endorphin point. And we're talking about just like a quarter of a mil, just really small injections. And we call that biological therapy. And it really helps keep a lot of animals going because you get the acupuncture stimulation from the pressure that that stuff puts on it, but you also get the effect from the homeopathic ingredient. And it's, it's, a, it's a lifesaver for a lot of dogs. Plus it's not as expensive as some of the other therapies that we have that are more, uh, I would say more invasive. Uh, which include prolotherapy. Now, prolotherapy stands for proliferation. In proliferation, we, what we do is we're injecting the ligaments and their attachments, and we're trying to get that ligament to actually proliferate. And it works because we use dextrose, and the body responds to sugar in the in between cell spaces like it's a foreign body, and it's got to take it out. So the macrophages, the little Pac-Man of the body, come in, and they chew that up. And then they send out a signal to the fibroblasts, which tell the body to come in and fix that area. So mm -hmm. it's a it's a really neat cascade of events that causes a strengthening of ligaments. And it's the only way to medically treat it. Now, you can surgically strengthen ligaments, but to medically treat ligaments, there's really no other way to, to do it than prolotherapy. And uh, <clears throat> then we use prolozone, which is prolotherapy plus ozone therapies. And the ozone is really cool because it's highly anti-inflammatory, provides oxygen to the area, and it tells the body that there's something there in that area it needs to go work on. And so I tell you, the more I use ozone, the more impressed I'm with, with its uh, effectiveness on not only joint pain and stuff like that, but also cancer uh, as an anti-infective agent, um, you know, because it's antibacterial, antiviral. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, we, we use a lot of ozone therapies in, in the clinic and it gets more and more usage as time goes on. And I really feel like that is one of the, the saving graces that we're gonna have in this era of, of uh, antibiotics and the super bugs and the things we're running up against because nothing withstands ozone therapy. None of those bugs can survive. And so we can inject it, we can put it in the joints, we can put it in the blood, we can put it, you know, uh, and oil to apply it to the body. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to get ozone in the body. And uh, and on the human side, they use it, you know, intravaginally, and we use it rectally on, on both human and animal side. And so it's just a really neat way to, to get things done in the body and that uh, a lot of people don't know about. And then okay. uh, the, the more regenerative therapies, uh, after that, I'll, I'll be done. Uh, <clears throat> the prolotherapy, we alternate that with PRP, which is platelet-rich plasma, and that's uh, the platelets are, are just uh, magical, and they're God made the platelets to start stop uh, bleeding, but at the same time, there's about nine different chemicals in the platelets that attract stem cell activity. So in that cool, you can stop your blood and then also start the healing at the same time. And those we have a centrifuge that can actually separate the platelets from the dog's blood and we can inject it back in the joints or around the joint, and it really causes that healing response to uh, cause more cartilage growth. So the, pro, the, the prolozone, the ozone, will help with inflammation, and then the PRP, we alternated with that to cause more growth of the right kinds of tissues where we need them. And so those two together really make a good combination. And then the last thing that we can do, but it doesn't get done very often because of its $4,500 price tag is stem cell therapy. But uh, the PRP is a really inexpensive way to get stem cell-like therapy effectiveness um, for those dogs that need to get more mobile. People come to me all the time and they say, I've been quoted $5,000 for the right knee. 
and I got online and I started reading about the, you know, usually, usually the other knee goes out too within a year to 18 months. And they're right. The, that does happen. Some surgeons are honest with people and tell them that's going to happen, but then they're into it, you know, for two knee surgeries. And, uh, and when they could have prevented that whole thing with, with you doing some prolotherapy and PRP. So. Okay. Yeah. That's a fast blast of a lot of stuff that's that we a, do. <laughs> yes, that is. That's a fast blast. But what I really like about it is the things that you're describing are ways that allow the body to regenerate itself, that reminds itself and the body what is whole. And it allows the healing to come from the inside <laughs> instead of a Band-Aid. Right. And usually you find that with conventional medicine, the uh, it works really good at first and everybody's happy with it, but it becomes the next problem. And that's just like another story in life. You know, you, you, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. You, you have room for two cars in the, in the garage. So you build a third part of your driveway and then that driveway causes water to drain differently. And it, you know, that's just a little example of life. One problem, one, one solution becomes the next problem. And so when we do medicine this way, that usually doesn't happen. In fact, you get side benefits. So when we treat with nutritional therapies and herbal therapies, we may be strengthening the liver at the same time as treating the cancer. And the, you know, the liver is in charge of cancer surveillance, a big part of it anyways. And so then you get your cancer surveillance that goes up. And, um, and I, I didn't mention earlier, but sometimes it's really nice to know, especially if we get into cancer therapy is going to be kind of protracted or maybe like neoplasia and that might cause a little bit of pain. It's always good to know what the animal thinks. And that's where we rely on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I love it. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we've, we've sent uh, numerous people uh, on a little mission. We, we can't use that as a diagnostic anymore as we found out, you know, but uh, uh -huh. the, uh, uh -huh. it sure is nice. It's valuable for the owner to know this about these issues of their pets and what their desires are. Yes. And some more yes. often than not, it seems like the, the dog's more worried about the person than the than the than the person is about the dog. And for so, sure. Yeah. And so for I just sure. I, I just love what you do and I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh well, thank you. You know, I'm sure you can. Yeah. But what we've covered this evening has been just wonderful because what that tells people is there there is more hope on the other side for almost any Mandalay or disease or something that is going on with their pets. And that is, it makes your heart happy mm -hmm. and to know. And so I, I wrote it down for those that live in other towns and other countries because they're going, oh, that was a lot. I don't necessarily remember yeah. All of that, or which way do I go? But there is the A-H-V-M-A dot org, correct? Yep. And, and you can get on that website and push on the find a vet button, and it'll tell you all the different things that they do, the acupuncture, the, you know, the prolotherapy, the ozone, they, it'll say what they do. So if you're interested in something in particular, you can usually find a vet fairly close by by looking at that that thing there. Uh, we do some telephone consults, but unfortunately in the state of Oklahoma as it stands now, 
I have to actually put my hands on the pet before I can prescribe. And so to create that veterinary client patient relationship, we call it a VCPR. So, you know, I can make some generic recommendations based on a phone call, but, but uh, a lot of times that involves like, let's talk about this now and then we'll plan a trip over here uh, for the future. And then we can, we can decide how we're going to proceed from there. So um, we have a lot of out of town people that have come up from long distances. You know, we also do surgeries like ovary, ovarian sparing spays and um you know and and uh and uh you know we we do the, the male vasectomies and so there's some other really cool ways to keep the hormones uh and and that's where a lot of people will say okay i don't mind driving up from texas or coming in from another state because that's a very short procedure that can actually be an investment in their future uh future health so yeah. I would have never thought about that, but how comforting to know that there is another way to go because so often my clients are, they're desperate and they're, they've been searching and they don't know where to go. So this information has been just absolutely wonderful and what you do and where you've come, because I remember being in your office and seeing some homeopathic products and going Oh, and you're going, well, I think I might dabble in that some. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think you dibbled and you dabbled yeah, and you Yeah, we did. And and, uh, we got pretty good at it. And, you know, we were we were teaching it uh, at a on a bigger level in Colorado. And I was one of the instructors. But then when they uh, decided that the company didn't want to be in the U.S. anymore, we kind of halted our training. But um, I still lives on in, in a bunch of us who are, who are carrying it forward. And it's not like I'm bragging that we've done great things. I'm just walking on the backs of those who have sacrificed before me. And um, when it was really hard to do and really against the, the grain. Now, uh, people have such a distrust in pharmacy that it's not hard at all to like, you know, talk to somebody about using alternative medicine, even in the Podunk, Oklahoma, small town stuff, you know, they're, they're still hungry for it. And they know that the dangers of, of uh, conventional medicine are there. So. Right, right. And so I want to thank you so much for the time and the effort and the dedication. And thanks for definitely being here with us this evening. And I also want to thank all the veterinarians everywhere, because what you do is... It takes knowledge, it takes time, it takes a lot of dedication in your life, and it also wears on your heart. There's a lot of heart involvement right. in what you do because you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't compassionate and right. loving and caring. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And I, I do have a, a sympathy for other vets who are kind of in a bind and don't feel like they have enough tools. And um, it, it can be a frustrating spot to be in, even when you do have a lot of tools. And it's uh, and one thing I would encourage people to do also just have a lot of patience with your vet right now because of the COVID thing really kind of threw a loop uh, for veterinarians. The adoptions were extremely high. The client, the, the human-animal bond was more... Uh, uh, you know, 
palpable at that time because they're working at home and uh, they needed, they knew their dog had bad breath and they couldn't stand it. So they went and got their teeth clean. Anyways, the whole thing has uh, been such a busy time uh, that now it takes sometimes two and three weeks to get in. And uh, some people get really, really uh, upset by that, but we just have to realize these are cycles in business. It will not stay that way forever. And, um, and that, that uh, just, just be a little bit patient with them, whether they're conventional or whether they're trying to do something holistic or not. Yes. And I yes. don't mind talking with somebody's veterinarian too, if they've got some other issues they want, want them to talk. I don't mind talking to their veterinarian and working with them on, on treatments too. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Well, and I want to thank everyone that has joined us this evening. And I'm so happy and, and excited that you were here and that you're listening. And each and every person out there that that cares for their pets, loves their pets, because like me, so often they'll be tenacious about solving an issue or a problem with their pet, even more so than they will for themselves. And so each and every person out there that loves their pet, I thank you so much for being here and listening. And thank you, Divas That Care Network, for offering this beautiful flat, 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 whoop, platform <laughs> for us to share all this wonderful knowledge. And until next time, bye-bye. See ya. Okay. I think that went pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I don't know how long it was. I can't tell. That was probably over probably over 20, but uh, covered a lot yeah. of stuff. That was a lot of stuff and that was really good. And uh, I think um, I would like to get more into the vibrational healing too of the machine that does that because now that can be done long distance, right? Um, oh, you're talking about the the AO scanner, um, mm -hmm. that can be done. And we know people that do it. we, we sort of just, uh, the integration of that is a little more complex than what I thought. Um, in other words, um, <laughs> Carrie was scanning a friend of hers and, and it tested positive for syphilis, right? So, oh. and now they're all worried about syphilis going down the track of, you know, how do we get this and all that when really. It was just a cellular memory from a past. Yes. From the past. Yes. And that's, it gets, yes. it gets really entangled in that. And I didn't really want to use that in the practice right now until that gets. Okay. The little, avatar did that. Remember? Yeah. The, the avatar machine would do that. Right. And so I kind of lost my uh, zoom, my, 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 sure. you know, my enthusiasm okay. for that, but. Um, okay. Come on, um, but the sauna wave is uh, definitely has to be done like in person because of how that's uh, how that's arranged. You know, the it's a suitcase with a little pad with a little wire hooked to it, and so that has to be done in person. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. it really needs to be done twice a week, and so it does. It's going to inhibit a lot of people from doing it. But um, so, okay. yeah. Okay. Well. Wonderful. Thank you yeah. very much. Well, you're welcome. I like what you're doing. It's kind of cool. And uh, I know that you used to teach uh, 
people how to do that uh, animal communication. And I think we're to a point where we're pretty open to doing that, at least Carrie is. And um, yeah. I don't know if you can put together well, maybe what. What you, if you want, I've done a couple Zoom ones. And the people that attended were happy, but it's like I didn't, I do better on a week with a weekend. And I have people down in your area and in the city that want to attend. Yeah. Um, Becky, much more. Oh, yeah. I know her. Yes. She's been after me to do that for a long time. Yeah. And so let's make a time and I'll just take a weekend whenever you would have a weekend. And we'll do it. I have a friend that I teach at her house in Oklahoma City, or we'll, we'll find someplace to teach it. Yeah, and we could, I, we could teach you right you, in the clinic right there if you wanted to. And uh, we, we could invite our clients. I bet you we'd have 15, 20 people that could come that might be interested in that. And so, perfect. Um, perfect. Let's do it. Since we don't work on Saturdays now anymore, um, and we're taking uh, the second two Fridays of the week of the month. We take off half day, so we have Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, that that if you wanted to do a workshop that was a couple days long or an evening and a day, uh, we could do that, and you could stay at our place or whatever you like to do. Okay, that sounds great. I would love to, because yeah. it is better in person. So yeah, I'll just and come we, and do it at the clinic, and yeah, and we could do like session one, and then you know six weeks later or four weeks later. Do, do, another, do it again. Yep. Uh, right. A lot of times in winter times, if we don't get too close to Christmas, is a really good time for that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to Egypt in October, so we might try oh. mid-November. Nice. Going to Egypt, huh? Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I bet. Yes. Yeah. Very much a sp spiritual pilgrimage to Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty. I am going to let you go. Thank you very much. Yes. And we'll we'll figure it out, and I'm sure we'll do it again. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. okay. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and, of course, on divasthatcare.com, where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.